Hey, hey, this is Takara, and you are listening to A Letter to My Sister podcast. You are in the right place if you are raised to be a strong, independent woman who didn't have to depend on anybody for anything, but then you realize there were some lessons that you didn't quite get as you were going along the way. We often go through life the best way that we know how, and we don't even realize that there's a better way. So in here, there will be some raw and real conversations surrounding life lessons about the things that we wish that we had known, maybe about self, love, money, and even our careers. So if you're new here, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, and I would love for you to leave a rating and review as well. So now that we've got all that out the way, let's chat, sis. Hey sis, season three is all about relationships. And if you remember, I always say that relationships is about showing people how to treat you right the first time. But sometimes what happens is we don't understand how others should treat us and we don't understand how patterns or things that we have seen in our lives has played out on the people that we have chosen or even the people that we have attracted to us when it comes to particular relationships. And I thought it was super important for us to talk about that piece of it, the relationship patterns. So tune in to my chat with Kim as she tells us about some of her past relationships and relationship experiences and then how some of that spilled over into her marriage and even things that she did a little bit differently to decide how she even wanted to be married. All right, listen up. Kim, welcome to A Letter to My Sister podcast. I am so excited to have you on today so we can talk about all things relationship patterns. Because when we were first talking last week, we were pretty much saying that the things that we see are sometimes the things that we tend to repeat, Uh, good, bad, ugly, indifferent. (laughs) And so (laughs) I'm just going to let you hop right on in and give us your story, just kind of about some of the things that you saw and then how that kind of repeated in either dating or on your way to marriage. Okay, listen, I had decided at a very young age that marriage was not my portion. I said that, um, who wants it? Like I saw so many marriages that were not working. I saw the ones in my family. Um, Both of my grandmothers were, one was divorced. One was basically abandoned um, with four kids and um, my other one, there was a marriage there and then there, there was a little angst. And then in my uncles and aunts, there were divorces and, you know, broken homes. And then I saw one marriage and I was like, well, they, they're, they're married a long time. This might work. And then the dynamic though, it was so like Hallmark movie and everywhere you go, I must be. And I was like, is this, these are the extremes. You're either unhappy or you're stuck together all the time. And I decided probably about four, four years old, I, I don't want it. I don't want to get married. And so I lived my life um, like I'm never going to get married. I had huge uh, career plans and I had these things and I was going to be a Supreme Court justice and I was going to do all of these things um, because I didn't need or want a relationship. And definitely not a marriage. I was like, I can casually date every now and then, but settling down, ring on finger, wedding dress, no. So I thought that I was living in a way that would work, right? I was, I had a couple of dates. I would, I found out that I was more of a relationship person. Um, that kind of freaked me out. And I was like, no, no, this isn't the way I don't want long-term. This is supposed to be, you know, just kind of a fun thing. We can go to the movies every now and then and we can do whatever. And um, so I did that for a little while. And then I kind of got really serious about somebody. 
And I, what I found in that relationship was I didn't like who I was with him and who I was with him was um, basically a mirror image of him, but just my way of doing it. There was a high level of dysfunction. There was a lot that went wrong <laughs> in that relationship. And as I think about it now, sometimes I wonder, how did I, how did I ever get in that position? Because no matter what I saw, I knew what was wrong. You know what I mean? I knew mm -hmm. there were some things that you just don't accept. I knew better. I was raised to expect a certain type of behavior, a certain type of treatment, a certain type of language. But that wasn't what I was getting from him. And then I became just as combative, just as um, negative in speech. And I was like, who am I? As I'm like falling down this hole, I'm saying to myself, who are you? Who are you? But it was like, I couldn't stop it. It was like there was a magnet at the bottom of this deep black hole sucking me in. And I just kept falling and falling and falling. And so the pattern that I saw was, this is almost like monkey see, monkey do, Simon says. Like if he if he clowns, I'm going to clown too. Yeah. <laughs> if, he, if he acts up, I'm going to act up too. He petty, I'm petty. And I'm not even naturally petty. But ooh, baby, I perfected petty. You hear me? <laughs> and I was like, who are you? And so one, there was one particular incident and it's, it's so terrible, but he had stayed out and he was gone and he was whatever. And so he came back in in the morning and I had to go to school. I was in school at the time. I was working three jobs. I was doing all of the things. And so he would just disappear, took my car. Okay. I was, I thought I was going to be late to school. And I was like, where is he with my car? And so when I looked, I thought about it and I was like, so what am I going to do? How are we going to do this? Because he doesn't respond to talking. And I said, so what am I going to do? And just for my pettiness, I took his toothbrush and cleaned the toilet with it. Oh my. And then, and listen, I, when I tell you the level that I sunk, <laughs> I was like, who even are you? As I'm doing this, like the rim of the toilet. Not, oh. oh, yes, inside. And I set the thing down and I watched him brush his teeth. As I sat there, kind of enjoying it and then kind of grossing myself out, I was like, who are you right now? And I didn't realize that in my trying to run so far from something that I did not want, I ran smack dab into something that I never thought I would get mm -hmm. and not in a good way. So I hit, I hit bottom, <laughs> I would say that's really low. In that relationship, I hit the lowest that I could hit. Yeah, that's interesting because when you're young, or at least for me anyway, when I was young, I say 17 or whatever, I, I went to college, I started college when I was 17. And my professor wanted us to kind of like map out our life. So to me, what I did was put all the things that you should put on there. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to graduate by this age. I'm pre-med. I want to go to medical school. And then so after medical school, I'm probably going to get married. And then after that, I'm, you know, going to have kids and by 30, my life is going to be straight. Mm -hmm. And then I do that. And what I did during that process was I watched my my cousin's children while I was in school. And I said, girl, <laughs> we're not. Uh oh, no, 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 no. We're not going to do this at all. I'm no marriage is not for me. Kids is not for me. Um, I'm just going to be somebody's auntie. I will watch them and then give them back. And then yes. that's what I'm going to do. And that's going to be, that'll be cool. And I think I pretty much stayed on that path till I was about 27 or 28 or so. And then I finally came back around to, 
marriage, marriage may not be so bad, but even just kind of looping around to what you were talking about, how you're trying to avoid something, but ended up running right into it. I noticed that I didn't, I didn't have any examples of marriage in my family. The only one that I could look to was my grandparents. They had, of course, by far the longest standing marriage. And then after that was like my uncle. Yeah, one other relative and that was it. So I only got to see two examples, an older example and the younger example. The older example, they were hilarious. They were funny. They were like tit for tat opposites. Like she went to church all the time. He was like, I'm staying at the house. (laughs) (laughs) And then the younger couple was just here, there and everywhere sometimes like, oh, honey, this is a mess. This is a mess. And and then when I look and I'm like, well, on this side of the family, like none of the women are married. Like what happened to them? But it was like this strong persona that I saw. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay, well, clearly I was like, maybe this is part of the thing that's blocking them. Maybe, I don't know. I'm just trying to interpret all this stuff as I see it. So I'm like, okay, I can't take that into marriage. And that was exactly the thing that I took into marriage. Mm-hmm. And then my husband at the time was like, you don't you don't really let me do anything. I feel like I'm just here, but you're not letting me. And I was like, because I don't need you. That's why. I can't <laughs> open this by myself. And nobody told me you're not supposed to tell a man that. I didn't know. I didn't have the practice. <laughs> and so it was definitely a steep learning curve. Because everything that I said I would not do was the things that ended up coming out of my mouth, Mm -hmm. like throughout the duration, well, not the duration, because I did eventually get my life together. But the first three years (laughs) was uh, hell on wheels for a little bit. (laughs) What's amazing about this is in our effort not to achieve a certain thing, it's amazing how many of us do absolutely nothing to prevent it from happening. I think we think that as long as I really don't want it, like if I don't want it bad enough, it won't happen. If I don't want it bad enough, I won't do it. If I, if I don't want it bad enough, then it has to stay away from me. But hard lesson, if we don't do anything to prevent it from happening, it will happen simply because it's what we are used to. No, it's not what we want but we know it already. We know that this is the type of behavior because I've seen it. This is what I've seen. I've seen people in my family have marriages where the woman is strong and she stays. And if the man is abusive or if whatever, well, she's got the kids. And so she lives her life for them. And, you know, eventually she says, maybe one day, you know, things will change. Or we have these models or lack thereof And so because we aren't actively doing anything to prevent a thing from happening, we look up and find ourselves in the middle of, didn't I say I didn't want this? How? Why are Mm -hmm. we here? Why for am I here? This is crazy. (laughs) (laughs) This is crazy. And so when I found myself in that, I said, okay, so this is what we're going to do. I was in a completely different state. I said, listen, I'm moving back to Virginia where my parents are. I told my parents, I'm coming back. I have to get away from here. This is crazy. I don't know who I am. I don't like this. And so my mom said, it's about time. I was waiting for you. (laughs) God told, I said, I already know what God told you. This is not what we're doing. I just am telling you that I need to come back home. And so I came back and... I will say the one thing that I did abandon most about myself was my relationship with God. And I know I see the direct correlation between the jacked up part of my life (laughs) with my abandoning God altogether. Like I went to church because that was in me, but I was not in a relationship with God. I went to church because this is what you do. Like, hey, I was raised in church. We go to church. So I was there. Craziness. He was there with me. And then we would leave and then it would be foolery from top to bottom (laughs) as soon as we left. And so I said, I can't, I'm just being such a hypocrite right now. This isn't what I was taught. This isn't what I believe. 
if there was another person that I knew that was going through something similar to this, I'd be like, girl, what, what are we doing? And so then I said, all right, when I get back to Virginia, I'm just going to tighten up. I got back. I got a good job. I was a corporate trainer. It was everything. I was traveling. I was like, see, now this is what I said I wanted. This is what I said I wanted. And um, I dated a little, but it wasn't anything serious. And all of a sudden, (laughs) I ended up at this church that I also didn't want to go to. Um, I was like, God, I don't want to go there. But I knew that he was impressing on me to go. I found out that who is now my husband was coming to the church and, and people had been with him in Germany before the pastor was there. And a lot of the people, um, you know, being military, people know each other and you end up a lot of times together again. And so they were so excited. Oh, they were so excited. Elder Washington is coming. And I was like, All right. I didn't pay it any mind. And so he came, I still didn't pay him any mind. I was like, he looks mean. But I didn't give him any other thought other than that because I literally was back on my, I came back from the dead. Girl, we not doing it. We not doing it. And so he was there um, probably, I don't know, quickly he became like he, the minister of music. He was back over the music department. I was the choir president. I was on praise and worship. So we like worked together well, neither one of us was paying the other any mind. It was not any type of love at first sight. It was not any type of this is my person kind of situation. That was not what we had (laughs) at all. I was still big, I'm not getting married. And then one day I was praying and God was dealing with me. He was like, you know, when I was praying about my life and I was like, God, you know, there's an opportunity that I, that can come up and I could move and I could be doing some things that I want to do. And I felt a hard no in my spirit. And I was like, hold up, what we doing? Why what's no, like I, you know, this is what I've been working towards. I'm getting promoted. Things are going well. I'm like, why, why, why? And, uh, then I get laid off from that job what? I was like, I was just about to get promoted. How'd we get laid off? (laughs) Wait, God. I was like, is this because I told you no? It's not. Okay. It's not. No, it's give me my job back. Give me my stuff back. (laughs) And so (laughs) I was like, I'm sorry if, you know, I offended you. That's not (laughs) what I was trying to do. Give me me back. So we start, me and Rob, we were working together, you know, in the church and doing stuff. And then I was also the pastor secretary. Then he was the church administrator. So we really had a lot of interaction, um, just ministry work wise. And um, so people were trying to hook him up with people and, you know, all of this type of stuff. And I literally was paying him no mind. And then people started saying, people started saying, you know, Y'all should, y'all should. I said, no, no, we shouldn't. For what? I don't, I was like, he wants a wife. Me, she, her is not a wife. <laughs> I'm <laughs> not it. <laughs> I'm, that's not what I'm doing. I've, I told y'all the story. I'm not doing it. And then um, probably after about a month of us, like really working together, like a whole lot to the point where I was like, okay, you getting on my nerves, sir. And then he was like, oh, you're my friend. I said, I'm not your friend. Don't wait a minute. We got, we're friendly. Like we're church work associates, but we're not friends. Don't just be telling me that we're friends. We have to, I have high criteria for friendship Mm -hmm. and I'm not interviewing for that position. You over the choir at all of the things I'm over this. That's all. And he kind of got offended <laughs> when I said that we weren't friends because he says that he's anointed to be liked. But another story. <laughs> he he says everybody. That's what he says. And he says everybody likes him, whether they know it or not. Um, I said, isn't it so blissful to be oblivious? Um, so I was like, no, we're not going to be. We're just, you know. We're, we're cool. And he was like, okay. 
And then as I began to pray, God had me praying for him, like his, I'd be praying and then I would, God would have me praying for him just for not anything like, Ooh, help him be my husband, but just praying for him as a person. And I was like, I wonder why he's like in my spirit so much. I don't understand. And I said, but God, you know, whatever he needs you to do, you know, I'm standing with him in prayer. I agree, you know, and I, all of that, you know, all the good churchy girl stuff. And, um, (laughs) I was like, so, okay, God, you can keep him out my business now. And, um, all of a sudden, it literally was all of a sudden. Um, one one day, I forget, I think it was at the end of September. Um, he was like, so, you want to go out? And I was like, go out where? For what? And he was like, just to get something to eat. And I was like, okay. And I'm thinking, you know, well, we do have choir rehearsal. And it's probably going to be, you know, some of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, okay, well, um, after choir rehearsal, whatever, I'll drop you off, blah, blah, blah. I said, okay. So we go and then something is changing in me, right? It's not like all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, he's Prince Charming. Cause I don't believe in fairy tales and harm like movies and lifetime stuff. It's just, it's, I can't, the level of sap in it is so sickening <laughs> to me. I, so... <laughs> I am so not romantic. I don't want the flowers. Like, it's a whole thing. I'm not that girl. And um, so I was like, I wonder what this is that I'm starting to kind of feel a little bit. And I went home and I prayed and I said, now, wait a minute. Um, God, I did this and let's, let's kick Satan out because he's clearly trying to mess up my mind (laughs) he's clearly trying to mess with my mind get behind me and uh i i was praying and then god clearly said no that's your husband and i said whose husband (laughs) like what are you even what are the words you are saying to me no he's not i'm like i don't have a husband i don't want a husband and I definitely don't want him for no husband I was like God he is a preacher he has been a pastor he is a former soldier all of the no 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 no's I was like I wouldn't date Mm -hmm. a preacher I wouldn't date a soldier I was I mean I was like what did you do oh you would oh no thank you but no I'm not interested I literally and we were at um Fort Lee and there were soldiers everywhere they were there for school they were there stationed there was everything and i was like no thank you you're a soldier no thank you i'm army brat i got the whole thing i don't want it so i said to god you can't be serious not only is is he all of that we really weren't each other's type and people say you guys shouldn't say that about each other no it's true not that we thought either of neither of us thought the other was ugly or anything but we just weren't each other's type yeah and i was like so god this is clearly the devil because he's not my type and he's all the things i asked you specifically not to do and i'm coming and i'm living my life right and i'm trying to be right with you and then you want to say this to me in prayer and i said this can't be you so i had my little if this is you <laughs> kind of moment if this is you then let somebody that I, that I trust have something to say about it that hasn't said anything to me about it. And our pastor was like, so what's going on? And I said, with who and what? And he was like, you mighty defensive. You mighty defensive for not to know <laughs> what it is that I'm talking about. I said, I just want to know what exactly what you're saying. And so I started, I kept praying about it. We went out on a real date, um, September the 18th, October the 21st, we were engaged. April 24th, we were married. The following year, quick little six month situation that I was paranoid and told him, you are smoking that bad stuff. Um, I'm definitely, I don't know you like that, all right? I don't know you like that. And I was like, no. I said, this is the plan. We have to date for two years. 
then we have to be engaged for three years. Then we can get married. <laughs> Five years? Five. <laughs> Five. I told him this and I was so serious that we actually had to pray several times about it because I was not budging. I refused. I was like, no. He was like, God told me that you're my wife. God, you say God told you that I'm your husband. I said, these things are true. He was like, so what do we need time for? I said, because I don't know you. I don't know you like that. Mm -hmm. I said, and I've been in a thing where I've seen people pretend for years. I've, I've been in this situation where a guy can pretend that he's something that he's not. And then eventually, once you're in it, then he pulls the mask off and it, and you think it's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. No, he's all Mr. Hyde. Like it's all, all bad. And I said, I don't, I don't want that. I don't know you. And he said to me, do you know God? And I was like, I don't want to talk on the phone anymore because <laughs> you think you're dropping all of these gems and making all these points. And so it was a battle for me. But God won out and um, I was nervous about this, this whole thing because remember, I didn't want to do it. So I wasn't, I had examples of what wives looked like and what they did, but I wasn't trying to learn from it because I wasn't trying to be it. Mm -hmm. And then he had the audacity to be like, I ain't waiting five years. I'm not waiting. Uh, two years. I'm not waiting a year. And then I said, well, what about, okay, if we wait until October, we got engaged in October. So what if we do 10, 10, 20, 10? I was like, see, that's so cute. That's, he was like, <laughs> no. I was like, God. And so I had to have this conversation with God and pray and be like, okay. And so it turned out, it has turned out well so far. <laughs> and, uh, in April, it'll be 12 years. So I sit and I look at what I was doing before and not having an actual blueprint for anything is frightening to me because my personality type, A to mm -hmm. so the 10 million, I need all the info. I need intel, I need instructions, I need um, PowerPoints, colors, highlighters, <laughs> give me ink pens, all of the things. And I started this thing with this guy and I didn't, and I didn't have it. Mm -hmm. And I was freaked out, freaked out. Yeah, I, I go to God like I'm his secretary. I'm like, you said what now? Exactly. And then I write it down and I'm like, oh, wait a second, wait a second. Now, I don't I don't feel like this was part of the plan that I wrote down. Where does this come in? So when do you think this is going to happen? Okay, but I thought that I would probably be moving around it. So you saying I'm not moving? Okay. I'm not doing? Wait a second. So who who authorized this? Yes. <laughs> who said send this memo out <laughs> how was this supposed to happen exactly because i don't i don't the, the math ain't math in here and i Hello? Just see how this is going to add up in my life jesus so <laughs> oh the way i was telling him this isn't working who is this even who are you even to dictate even though you're god but what do you mean no way no way and going in like you were talking about the first three years were difficult. I didn't realize again, because I'm not that astute apparently um, when it comes to making connections and seeing how what I either plan poorly for or don't plan for ends up biting me. So we get married and one of the main things that he would say to me the first couple of years is you still think like a single person. You still think single. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, you see the way I have given you every password that I have to every account. He has an Excel sheet with, listen, it's the whole thing with him. <laughs> 
and he update he updates it about once every six months emails it to me <laughs> it's like updated wow. password oh this is oh. really succinct listen everything okay every bank account airplane rewards uh the car wash reward points. I'm talking, I'm talking. Wide this, open. <laughs> listen. He was like, you see the way I do this? I was like, yeah, I didn't ask you for it. And he was like, and I don't know the your pin for your phone, but I've given you all of my passwords. I said, so what you trying to say? Like that I'm hiding something from you or that he's like, no. You've got to understand I'm not accusing you of anything. I'm stating to you that you think like a single person. And I was like, now God. And one of my favorite go-to sayings that first couple of years was, you said this was my husband. Okay. So I need you to tell him for me (laughs) (laughs) how this is supposed to work. Because I didn't understand. I didn't grasp how that my mindset Like you said, you were like, I don't need you. I wasn't saying that, but I was saying that. Like I was like cordoned off, you know? And it wasn't like, and like I told him, I was like, oh, if you want, you can have a password to my phone. I don't care. You just tell me you want it. He was like, no, 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 no. And one of the things that I really hated at the beginning was he told me all the time, give me what I give you. I don't want what you gave me, all right? <laughs> so I don't want to give it back. See, that is not how this is going to work. I didn't ask you for that. And what I asked you for, you telling me I need to give you you first. No, give me me first. Like, I, I, we don't. So it was a process and a breaking of a pattern that I didn't even realize that I had created in my mind. I was so single, mm-hmm. even though we had the nice wedding and we had the wonderful honeymoon in St. Lucia and we had the nice house that he had already had. And so I walked into it, it was already there and whatever. And then I started working and we were, you know, I, th- I was like, okay, this is pretty good. And he's like, nah, you single in your mind. And I'm like, this ring is on my finger. I cook you dinner. <laughs> I I wash your clothes. I iron them. What do you mean? I think I'm single. How? Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that I brought it in. And when we are unaware, when it's so ingrained in us that we are unaware, oh, the breakdown of that and the fixing of that, it's, it hurts. Okay. <laughs> it sucks. Mm-hmm. It does. <laughs> it, yes. It, it pisses me off still almost 12 years later because <laughs> there's a little bit of residual on your girl. Um, I'm trying to, I'm still trying to, to get it because sometimes I'm like, oh, did I do it again? Mm-hmm. I thought I, because he's one of these Freedom of Information Act people. And I'm not just like, <laughs> I, it's not that I'm trying to hide it from you. I just didn't think to tell you. And he's like, that's that's where the problem is, that you're not even thinking to tell me. And I'm like, man, I just, and now it's at this point, it's like, all right, girl, it's 12. It's, you ought to be thinking about the man now. It's 12 years. So, yeah, but, you got some time in now. <laughs> listen, hello, I can't be blaming it on I'm new to this. Like, we didn't make... We'd have made a decade. Let's let's tighten up. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I'm much better at it now. But these things can be so ingrained in us that even the challenge of it makes us defensive. When somebody says it to us, we are automatically defensive because we're thinking, but we had the ceremony and I had to go through all this stuff and get my name changed and a new social security card and all of the things that I had to do. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me that I th- I think like a single person. But then we, as women, we, we are so adaptable, but then we crave also our comfort. 
and our mastery of a thing. And so I'm like, nah, but I, so I'm not good. I'm not good at this. Mm, And that was a, listen, not to, and this, I mean this in the most just matter of fact way, things, usually what I do turns out well. I'm not a, I'm not a person who usually has a super hard time with getting us the success out of a thing. Like if I start it and I work at it, it's going to work. That's just how things go, um, have been for me most of my life. And like up until we got married, actually, every job I had ever, every interview I had ever had, I got the job. Every, it, it was that type of thing. Yeah. It wasn't that I was charmed, but what I worked towards, I got. So what are you saying to me now? What is what does this mean? And I'm like, see, God, this is what I was telling you. <laughs> this right here. Mm-hmm. This is why I said, and then I was saying to him, see, this is why we should have waited. This is why we should have waited some years. Because I don't know you, but you think you know me well enough to tell me that I'm thinking like a single person. Yeah. That I'm whatever. So the struggle. And that's an interesting part of it too, because you you came from a two-parent household mm-hmm. and then I came from more so a single parent-ish household. And you would think that, or you one would assume that because you came from the two-parent household, mm-hmm. you probably would have already come in there more equipped versus me who came from the primarily single parent household. But yet and still, I think that's one thing that's not emphasized too often is that we truly have to have this mindset shift when we go into marriage from an I to a we kind of thing. Like, yes, I can do it by myself, but do I have to? Right. No, I don't have to. And that's what took me the longest time to to grasp in marriage. But also it was because the focus for me, and I think sometimes we forget to look at the the perspective of where the person may be coming from that gives us the advice. So for me, I was raised to be independent so that I wouldn't have to depend on anyone and always have my own set of things. Mm -hmm. But then when I, when I look back on it, well, yes, of course, that's what my parent would tell me because if that's the life that they've had to live because they're not with the other person, the other person didn't show up, the other person wasn't there, whatever it is, that's what they had to do. And then so to make sure that I don't end up in that situation, they're Mm -hmm. like, this is what you do. But you can't take that mentality (laughs) into the marriage to say, well, I got my own thing. I sure hope you got your own thing. But we together, we married. We is is a we. It's Uh it's fine, but I still got my stuff over here. Don't come over here. I've, I've got this. Yes. And so I definitely think that, and I went to we went to two different premarital counselings mm. and they asked about our background, but not to the extent, maybe they said it, but maybe I just didn't catch on, but not to the extent to where they said, you know, you're going to have to do this complete mindset shift. And mm-hmm. I think it's even harder when, you, when you've lived by yourself for a certain amount of time and you've mm-hmm. really got into the ways of, of how you like things to be. And what is the, I'm so terrible at movies. I don't know why I have the nerve to give movie references. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it, it was the movie with, with Sandra Bullock. I'm pretty sure that's who it was. And she was running away from her husband and she was like at a beach house. And she knew he was there because he had kind of like rearranged the cans. Mm. And kind of is that Runaway right. Bride? No, that doesn't sound familiar. But who knows? I don't know. <laughs> because this, this, I'm just, I'm horrible with movies as well. Yeah, I, I'm terrible. And I have the nerve to give her reference. But he was like so OCD that he would do, like he would put the cans right behind each other and she would just mess them up just because she could now because he was so abusive. Mm. And so, and it's funny because I, I'm not, I'm not abusive, but mm-hmm. 
I would line my things up in my cabinet, line by line, <laughs> back in the back, because I'm like, well, when I go grocery shopping, if I put three cans of green beans here, three cans of black beans here, three cans of corn here, well, I know when I open my cabinet, when I see one, then that means I need to go buy two more so I can Hello? always keep my three. But then my husband, he would come in and mess my little my little pattern up. Listen. And then he doesn't want to go grocery shopping. Or as a matter of fact, actually, our first time going grocery shopping is when I feel like we really started to know each other. Mm-hmm. And we almost had a blow up right there <laughs> in the grocery store. We had never gone grocery shopping together. And I was like, you know what? If we had done this before we had gotten engaged, I don't think we would be married today because I'm sitting up here trying to eat healthy. So I've I've got I'm trying to get my life together. I was almost 30. I'm like, let me, you know, get the brown rice and the wheat bread and mm-hmm. do all those things so I could eat healthy. And we go down the aisle and he was like, Oh, that's disgusting. Oh, I, I can't do that. That makes me sick. And then I'm picking up the spaghetti sauce and he's like, you like you like prego? Oh, no, no, that's too sugary. Get the ragu over here, and then we get to the toothpaste. And I grew up Colgate. He grew up Crest. So I was like, well, I guess we're just gonna get this close up and go. <laughs> Starts with a C. We gonna make it work. I was like, this is terrible. Like, who would volunteer to do this? This is crazy. Yes. It, that this is so funny to me because to this day I am you and he is him. I am don't touch my stuff in here. I have it organized. I like the larger things in the back. I have the liquids on the side and I have the powders and the this and the thing and I know and I'm paying attention because I'm the one who cooks the most. So I have the things the way that I want the things. Don't come in here <laughs> touching my stuff. Yeah. He's like, I live here too. I live here too. Then if you're going to go in the kitchen, I need you to put it back the way you found it because <laughs> you're giving me anxiety. Yeah. And I loved hearing some of your some of y'all stories before. I think the main one that sticks with me and uh the people out here listening, you all can help us with the debate. Is spaghetti a meal or oh, is it a my God. <laughs> Listen to me. <laughs> what is it, folks? Is it a meal or it is, is it a side? Which one is it? Oh, oh, to think that I was 30 years old before I found out. <laughs> that spaghetti with meat in it is not a meal. That it is not, it is a side dish. It must be accompanied with some sort of prepared meat to go alongside. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I was like, who raised you? Where did you come from? Then I meet the family. They like, oh, you was trying to give my brother spaghetti with no meat? I said, no, it was, it's a meat sauce in the lasagna. There's sausage in it. I've done the whole thing. Nah, he got the hair. And then not any side meat, fried chicken. I said, this is crazy. So <laughs> that is just one of the many <laughs> differences that we have that I was just like, how is this going to work? But it works. And, and I believe the main thing is once I begin to understand his point of view, because he wasn't trying to um, make me into anything that I wasn't like, because he had been married before for 20 years. That was daunting for me. Yeah. Yeah. Because I didn't want to all my life. And so you have 20 years of a marriage with somebody. And now you want to tell me that I think I'm single. Oh, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Cause then in my mind, I'm like, are we comparing here? What is it? Like, you know, and I told him one day, one of our heated fellowships that (laughs) you, (laughs) you know how to do this. You have 20 years on me with this. 
I didn't even want it. God said to me, he's your husband. I wasn't looking for you. Mm -hmm. You've got 20 years of you wanting to do it, of you doing it, of it being, oh, yes, this is what you, I, I, we don't have that same thing. And so I didn't realize that by me viewing it more so as a him versus me, um, how much alienation I was providing to him. We had to have a conversation and um, he had to tell me, you know, I really want you to understand that I really am for you, that we really are a team and that both of us are going to have to shave some off to become who we are going to be. He was like, not who you were. He was like, because I was a different person when I was married before. That's not me now. I can't be that same person because you're not her. Mm -hmm. And I had to get the understanding of, okay, so the point of this is that we figure out what works for us. Because what really I found out through some deep diving (laughs) into my uh, psyche, what I really thought was, I was fighting so hard not to be every other marriage that I saw that I wasn't letting us be the marriage that we could be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just, I was like, we are the antithesis of all of that. Don't try and define what we are. I don't know. We just are not going to be them. And he was like, well, we won't be them if we decide who we're going to be. We have to come to the consensus of who we are. And I said, well, look at that making sense. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And so I didn't even realize that I had that pattern either. I was, listen, I was worse than the tackiest dressed person in the world. I had 800 patterns going on simultaneously, wondering why I went outside in my marriage looking like I had no style and no fashion sense whatsoever. (laughs) I did not realize all of these different conflicting even patterns that I had and messaging that I was sending him, I said, this poor guy might think I'm schizo because I was all over the map trying to be what I, trying not to be what I had seen, not trying to be any one thing, not giving it an identity or an assignment um, or a purpose. I just didn't want to be the other stuff. And that's dangerous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think it happens like, unconsciously we focus so much on the thing that we don't want because it's on our mind so much. That's the thing that we just kind of continue to put at the forefront. Mm -hmm. And I like what you said about making it your own, because I don't feel like that's emphasized enough. Mm -hmm. I feel like if you, if a person gets into a marriage and they saw the example and they really liked the example, Mm -hmm. then they try to closely mold that thing into what they saw or if they didn't see it but maybe they're taking it from tv Uh or whatever and they're Mm -hmm. like oh well i like this one and i like that one and so maybe we can combine these two married couples together and form this piece over here maybe we can be the next huxtables or whatever Mm -hmm. and this will work just fine not realizing "Mm, this is tv hello and these are we're two you're two different kind of people. They wrote this story in here. This yes. is completely made up. This is this is not yes. how, how this is supposed to be. And I and I can honestly go back and even say that even in my marriage, I was focused so much on like being the great wife and mm-hmm. making sure that we were armed with all of the information because I was like, it's gonna be my first one and my last one. Hello. And we're going to do all the research. So we went to two different premarital counselings. We did Financial Peace University together. Mm. I mean, we even had a book in marriage. And I was like, come on now, let's look at chapter one. <laughs> <laughs> let's look. Okay, now let's look at chapter two. So what you think about that? You got some expectations in the box that I don't know about? What's your expectations? What's your I? Huh? What I haven't you expressed to me? And then it's like, you go through all that and you don't, you don't even give you don't even give yourselves the opportunity mm-hmm. just to enjoy each other and see what works and what doesn't work and say okay we're going to throw this piece out mm-hmm. but this seems to work really well for us 
And unfortunately, in addition to those things, when, and this isn't all church, and I'm not saying this about the church, I don't want nobody to get up in arms, but (laughs) I'm going to say what I'm going to say, and I'm going to stick beside it. When we're in church and we're married or, you know, being taught about it or hearing about it, no one's really saying this part about, but you're not Mary and Joseph. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're not Jacob and Rebecca. Like, you're not Abraham and Sarah. Even. You're, that's, not, that's not the goal. And what we hear, though, and what is said, because this is what is so powerful. People like to say a lot, well, I didn't say that. But the absence of saying something. There's so much that is said in the absence of words. No, you didn't tell me that if I don't do what your wife does, that I'm not a good wife. But what you did tell me in the women's meetings or the whatever is Mm -hmm. your wife is a good wife and this is what she does. Mm -hmm. So then, but the expectation of omission that sets it up for me. I have expectations by omission. No, you didn't give me a list, but I can read in between these lines Mm -hmm. and I see this invisible ink. And I hear what you're saying. You're not saying that she, that you help her um, do the dishes or you sort the clothes for her or you pick up things of that. She does all this stuff. And then she's virtuous. Proverbs 31. Listen to me. Don't get me started. That's a whole nother talk for another day. Um, The next podcast. (laughs) Okay. Because it is a thing that we do that happens to us in church where it's not that we get false expectations. We don't, we get incomplete expectations. And so then we, especially if you're the good church girl or the good woman who knows how to multitask and do all of the things and she's got her stuff together and a list and she's going to make it be what it is. Then when we are in this marriage with this person and we're looking at this that we've written down and it's not matching, it's incongruent everywhere. It's like, so I, I'm failing. I, some, I'm doing something wrong. Then if you're me, you go back to God and be like, now see, but you had told me when I was minding my own business that he was my husband. So this list that I have, what am I supposed to do with it? Mm-hmm. And so thankfully we... I went to my husband and began to talk to him about this stuff because I was like, and he was like, I, I wish I had known that you were having all of this because we could have been so much freer because you and I are married. That's it. And whatever we decide works for us that ain't sin is what works for us. It doesn't matter who likes it. It doesn't matter if people think it's strange. It doesn't matter. Um, you know, if it goes against what society has set aside as gender roles or whatever it is, if it works for this Washington crew, then it works for us. And I was like, wow, okay. And so I begin to kind of open up a little bit more and realize that, oh, I, you can let go of that. You can let go of that. Um, I put my little passwords in the Excel sheet, um, you know, things that it's because it wasn't about him having them. It was just about what you need it for. Cause mm-hmm. he would tell me, I'm, it's not that I'm going to check up on you or re- go through them. I'm like, so what do you want it for? I don't need all of these passwords. You got this thing to the car wash. I don't, I don't you take the car. I don't need it. I don't need it. So I had to understand that it was about the principle of the thing and not so much about the Excel sheet. It was about (laughs) my mindset towards (laughs) the Excel sheet. And so that having those conversations and having that realization really helped me establish a new pattern. Um, and, And it's one that works for us and prayerfully we'll do a good job. (laughs) And, um, Davini won't <laughs> be like, let me tell you about my mom and my daddy. They crazy. So 
Now I'm in therapy, unlearning my mama because she's a nut. You know, I said, I want to raise a well-adjusted child who does not need therapy to fix her. Um, So I'm trying, I'm doing my best to present a pattern to her that is relatable, but that she understands is customizable. It's customizable to you. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, we'll definitely have to, um, I want to wind it down, but we'll definitely have to bring you back because you have such an interesting story, particularly about Dabney in particular, that I would love for the people, (laughs) that I would love (laughs) for everyone to hear about. But one thing I wanted to make sure that um, I had you talk about before we close out and before I ask you my final question is you talked about the timing. And so often you hear you, and even on social media in particular, you see people who get married and people are like, my God, that was fast. Like, are you sure that wasn't too fast? And then just mm-hmm. listening to your time frame mm-hmm. from dating in September, not really wanting to be married to being married in April <laughs> with that, mm-hmm. it's like, how did you get on board? Or can you reemphasize how you got on board and how you made the leap or the jump, basically, yeah, the jump, the skydive yes. to go from, <laughs> listen, no, this is not what I want to do to, oh, I married and do that in less than a year, far, far below the five year time period <laughs> yes. that you were looking for. Oh, listen to me. I really did have to get real about knowing for sure that I wasn't coming up with this myself. And this is one of those things that I appreciate my mother for making. She always said, you have to be sure of you. And when you're sure of you, it'll help you weed out things that aren't you. And I knew for certain beyond any doubt, I wasn't trying to get married. This wasn't my, I no, (laughs) it wasn't what I wanted in myself. And so once I decided, I said, okay, but I can't ignore this press and this push that I have. I cannot ignore this pull that I have towards him. And I had to really get clear and say, okay, you know, this isn't just you all of a sudden deciding that you're getting old and now you're going to be 30. So you got to get married. You didn't care. You die single. So (laughs) that's, that's not it. And so I, um, one of the main things that helped me to just go ahead and do it is I knew it wasn't me. I knew it wasn't something that I had contrived just so that I could find worth, so that I could be somebody that, you know, the church deemed acceptable because now, you know, my old maid self, I was getting, getting married into a preacher, no less. <laughs> I had to be clear that I wasn't doing this for any other reason. And it wasn't that I didn't love him. Because I don't want that to come out like, oh, I just married him because that's what God said. But let mm-hmm. me... Like let me, an arranged marriage. Right. Kinda. It wasn't that. Yeah. But let me tell you what I knew already because of the relationships that I had already had. Love ain't enough. You got to have some more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Listen, Hello. love Amen. ain't enough. It's, it's not. And you have to supplement the love with something and knowing that God had a purpose for the two of us to come together, knowing that he had a purpose for us to be in life together, to be in, to be parents eventually, to pastor eventually. Well, for him to pastor, not me, Um, for him to pastor. Don't let me get that confused. Um, (laughs) Those things I had to come to understand that our marriage was not just a marriage. Marriage, especially when it's ordained and approved by God, it's for his glory. There's something in there that he wants to bring out through the two of us. And so once I got to that point, I was like, all right, I'm just going to do it. And, And I knew beyond anything else that God told me so. And I'm one of those rule followers, right? It may take me a little while, depending on what it is. But ultimately, <laughs> if that's the rule, I'm going to follow it. And when he said, this is him, I just said, 
all right, it's him. And he was like, this is him now. And I was like, oh, we're doing that now too. Oh, okay. So that's, that's really how it came to be. I was more like, okay, God, I don't want to miss anything. I don't want to disobey you. I don't want to be out of your will. So, uh, April it is. (laughs) And, and April it was. (laughs) That's good. So I hope that helps somebody out there because I, I, you know, I feel like a lot of times we feel like we stay restricted to this particular time frame where we're like, mm-hmm. okay, well, I know for sure it has to be a year for us dating. It has to be a year for that. It ain't got to be nothing. It it's doesn't. whatever, whatever thus saith the Lord. And that's mm-hmm. what it is. But you got to know that you know, Listen. and you're not jumping off a bridge just because you want to. Mm-mm, don't do it. <laughs> so I, ha- I, I, def- I definitely wanted you to, to make that point. Um, Cause I, I feel like that piece right there was just so important for somebody. I don't know who, but for somebody. Mm-hmm. And so my last question, because we've been talking about relationship patterns and the things that we see and how we could potentially take that into dating and marriage. What is the one key piece of advice that you would want to give our sisters out there related to that? My one key thing, if I could just shout it from the rooftop is we know that you know what you don't want. Work for what you do. Put tangible, achievable goals toward it. Do the work to say, okay, I know I don't want that, but identify, name, um, own what you do want. Because so often we're like, I'll know it when I see it. Oh, boo. Not not always, okay? Because looks can be deceiving. Hello, that's another topic too. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but don't just be so so secure in the fact that I know what I don't want. Know what you want, and work towards that. That would be my chief point. Work towards what you do want. Actively work towards it. That's good. That's good. And as one of my coaches said, who do I need to be to get what I want? Mm -hmm. Who do I need Mm -hmm. to be? And so instead of you avoiding it, you work towards it, you face it head on. Who do I need to be so that I can get to this end point right here? So that is fantastic. Kim, thank you so much for all this wisdom and uh, comical marriage stories that you have just (laughs) given us. (laughs) And and the dating story. Um, Listen, I hope he was all right. He's I don't right. know after this toothbrush thing, but <laughs> he all right. <laughs> he here to tell the story. I seen him. He's still alive. <laughs> so we'll definitely have to have you back, you know, to give us uh, some more because there's so much more that you could say. But I got to keep this thing to an hour, so we definitely might have to have a part two and a three for sure. <laughs> yes, I can't wait. Thank you for having me. It's the transparency for me. Like that's truly the part that I enjoy the most about my conversation with Kim today was the transparency. She was open. She was honest. She was real. And I think that's often what we really need to hear and the information that we need to have so that we can make the best decision possible when it comes to getting married and just even comes to who we decide to be in a relationship with. So, of course, as you can tell from the interview, I do know Kim personally, and she is that's one of the main reasons that I invited her on the podcast. So let me give you a little bit more information about her so you know exactly who she is. All right. Christ follower, wife, mother, evangelist, purpose pursuer and pusher, teacher, mentor, author. Kimberly in Washington is an evangelist, women's empowerment coach transformative speaker, and children's book author. She is passionate about enlightening, encouraging, and emboldening women to cast aside the trappings of popular culture and come into agreement with who God created us to be, his beautiful and wonderfully created daughters. Many girls and women have benefited from Kim's coaching style, which is honest, transparent, and disciplined. She enjoys the responsibility of sharing the lessons she's learned with others to help them avoid and overcome challenges. Kim finds no greater joy than seeing women walk 
into who God made her to be with full confidence and authority. And of course, I will leave all of her other information about how you can reach her in the show notes as well. So I'll give you her Instagram link, her Facebook link, and even give you the link to her book so that you all can get to that as well. So per usual, I really hope that you all enjoyed the conversation today. Please be sure to leave a comment. Let us know what you thought so I can definitely make sure to tag her in it and share it with her as well. And so in the meantime, sis, there is no one like you. There is no one out here that can do the things that you do. So show up, let your light shine bright, and never dim it for anyone. Until next time. Bye.